0: Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, the Mary Gamba, the executive producer and co-anchor of this extraordinary leadership series. Mary, really, real quick, while you're wearing that beautiful, I think the color is stone, that is a stone jacket. Uh, Brian Gaffney, our pro up at Essex Fellows, just uh, reminded me what the color was. I had no idea. Mary, could you tell everyone who our sponsors are, who are sponsoring your clothing today?
1: Oh, sure thing. Yes. And thank you so much to all of our sponsors that make this possible. Uh, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Seton Hall University and the Bassino Leadership Institute, the North Ward Center, Veolia, our newest sponsor, Fedway Associates, Inc., and Delta Dental of New Jersey and the NJ Sharing Network. So thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors.
0: And they do not sponsor our clothing. We purchase our own clothing. I just want to clarify that. Hey, uh, let me introduce Brian Gaffney, who uh, is the head golf professional at the Essex Fells Country Club, a club I know well, and I've struggled playing golf there for the last few years. Brian, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Uh, Brian, get serious for a second. The connection
2: between golf and leadership is... That's a, they're, they're connected in every way. Uh, golf and leadership, If you, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way in golf. You have to be able to read the people around you. You've got to figure out who the leaders are, who the rulers are, how to find your way and, uh, and make your place in that. And, and golf offers an opportunity to spend time with people that you might not normally have four hours in a casual environment to get to know them and to build what you might do within this group or the leadership group
0: well said Brian I want to follow up on that before Mary jumps in so I, I I've been struck by the and Brian by way of background a uh, professional golfer has competed in some really intense there's a great picture of you Brian in the pro shop at Essex Fuzz. is it you're in the I see you on the leaderboard there and there's some other big names there as well so Brian understands competition at the highest level. The place for self-discipline, golf slash leadership, because I've been working on that for 30 years and still working on it.
2: (laughs) Please, Brian. Like other things in life, you have to ask yourself the question, did I do today what I need to do to be the best I can be? And in golf, as a golfer, that would uh, fall in different categories. Your, Your practice, your coach, your exercise, your diet, your rest. And when you put all that together, at the end of the day, when you've done all those things, do you say, have I done everything I need to do to be the best I can be? And, uh, that's really hard to do. Um, that just takes, you know, more than, you know, your regular hours in the day, 10 hours a day. And, and what I've learned over time is that that will help me as a golfer. I did that full time for years, but later in life, it's helped me, um, You know, can I put those same practices into being a good husband or a good father or important here at work? Can I be a good head golf professional and can I do all the things I need to do to be the best I can be for that membership and for this job?
0: So interesting, Mary, as you jump in here, um, I try to do that here as a leader and and fail consistently (laughs) and try to learn from and get feedback from colleagues like Mary and and our director, Elvin and Frank and Scarlett and everyone on our great team. It does take a team as Brian Knows, but the other thing that is Brian has often given me heat for, quote, showing up very late to play golf. Like last minute, he's laughing because he knows. He's like, get there half an hour early, go to the range. <laughs> well, practice. Brian,
1: if it makes you feel any better, he shows up late to meetings, to tapings. So, I mean, it's not just you. So, <laughs> we're okay, working on is, that.
0: <laughs> this isn't about me. It's only been thirty years. I'm learning. It's wonderful to hear, though. <laughs> what? You only thought it was at the golf course, so. But in I all seriousness, I am way better prepared to do this than I am to play golf. But to Brian's point, Mary, getting yourself in the right frame of mind to do what you do at the highest level with a team, it's not just golf. It is, in fact, leadership, because you've been the leader of our team for a long time.
1: It sure is. It's all about, as we we joke, and every tape day, Brian, we have a very long tape day. We have 16 guests today, eight full half hours that we're going to tape today. And you need to wake up every day with a positive attitude. And we can't really ever choose what happens to us. It's our reaction to it, to that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Being a head golf pro, you must deal with a lot of egos, a lot of people that come with extra baggage emotionally. How do you handle that as a leader? Because they're looking for, to you for that peace and to get them into the right frame of mind as well.
0: Yeah, I heard really ego and, and a lot of baggage
2: and it just got my
0: attention. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Not <laughs>
2: talking really about you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's it, interesting, Mary. And, and I think I when I hear that, I think of two categories. One is how I uh, lead my staff and, and mentor them. But then the other really is, is the relationship between um, how I build a relationship with a member and how that re- equates to customer service. So when a member comes in, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to ask about them, find out their passions, learn about their family, and talk about the things that they like to talk about. That may be work, that may be golf, that may be their kids soccer or baseball. And and so if I can build the relationship with them on trust and be prepared for when they come in and knowing what they like to talk about, then what that says to them is I care about you. And you know, there are times where I, I won't lose a customer necessarily on performance that we got a club or a product in on time, but I'll lose them on relationship. You know, that's, that's one half. And then the other half is with the staff that just like you said, Mary, you know, you need to be prepared when you come in each day. Um, am I doing what I need to do for my staff for them to achieve their dreams and their dreams have goals and a plan for each level to get them to where they want to be? And so I think if I go into work each day with that, that mindset, I think I'll be a more productive person for them, as well as for myself and my own business.
0: Brian, let me push that a little bit. Mary and I have had this ongoing debate about a word that I use a lot. There are a lot of those words, but Mary, what's the word I'm thinking of when it comes to coaching and having difficult conversations? What's the word? Artful what?
1: Uh, artful confrontation. And, and we do share a brain because I was going to go there as well, but I'll let you go, finish. Go there, Mary,
0: Because Br- Brian is one of the nicest people I- I've ever been around, but I'm into this artful confrontation around coaching and difficult conversations. Pick it up because you and I see this A little bit differently.
1: Yeah. So coaching and mentoring, obviously, you're leading a team there. You were talking about it just before. And when somebody does something wrong, when something can be tweaked, and not even just wrong, you want them to lead in a different way, communicate with your customers in a different way. Steve and I have a very different approach to giving that feedback. Talk about your approach to when you have to artfully confront someone on your team, maybe because their bar just wasn't as high as you expected it to be.
2: Sure. And I I think that starts from the very beginning when they start. I ask them what their dreams are and, and what their goals are. Where do they want to be in two, five, and 10 years? So we'll write those things down. I will praise them for the things that they do well and, and, and do that publicly and not really punish, but, but try and redirect privately. I'm not going to do that in front, of, in front of customers. But when they are doing a good job and they're fulfilling the, the, and, and following the strengths that they have, I think that's great. And I try and provide feedback for that. But when things are not going exactly the way I want them to go or the way I think they should go, um, I will go back and say, these were the, these were the dreams or the, the desires that you had or the areas that you thought you needed improvement. And we do that June 1st and September 15th as a review because we've got a short season to say, where are we? with what we wanted to do in the beginning of the year. Here was your job responsibilities. Here's my expectations on those responsibilities and just redirect them back to where they go. I think most of my troubles come from communication with the staff. And if I don't follow up with them on a relatively regular basis, so they know where my head is, then then we start to, we, we, we kind of get off track. And so I think communicating with them on a relatively constant basis of, where are we and where do we need to go? Um, that just gives them freedom to make the choices and when to, to be successful. And when they do make those choices that are good choices, I try and make sure that I compliment them or, or let other people know that they're doing a good job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Brian, here's the thing. It's real-time coaching that I'm talking. It's, it's, I don't really want to call, call it coaching because in this new book that I've been working on for two years now, a uh, follow-up to Lessons in Leadership, there's a chapter called Artful Confrontation. And dif- it's really about difficult conversations. So, I want to also say that this is real time situations. Things happen. Things happen as your head golf pro, things happen. Mary's the executive producer of this series. Uh, we've got our director, uh, Elvin, everyone involved. We had a taping recently where things didn't go well in the beginning, and it was very inartful confrontation, inartful feedback on my part. Crappy attitude, handled it the wrong way. I know you find this hard to believe, Brian, but my attitude wasn't the best. And it just affected everything, Mary, in a very, it brought everything down.
1: It does. So, it,
0: mm-hmm. By the way, Scarlin behind the camera, uh, I need to officially and formally apologize to you here. I know you're not feeling well today. To Scarlin and to the entire team, but mostly to Scarlin. Mary, why is that relevant to leadership? Because it, that was early in the day. We had eight more hours of this.
1: Yeah, a leader, the team looks to the leader to set the tone, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a conference, if it's a tape day, a golf day. Well, so a tournament, you went,
0: a big tournament, Brian. A big
1: tournament, exactly. Sorry, so yeah, so Steve, if you showed up and Brian's like, ah, oh, you know, I had a flat this morning, my alarm didn't go off, what a horrible day. This is just going to be the worst that's setting the tone for your attitude and your team is looking to the leader when things go wrong, how to react. And if the leader reacts in a way that is subpar, uh, pun intended, then literally, nice, it's gonna, nice right? Right. That was good. Well played. Uh, oh, good. I could do this all day. Yeah. So literally they are going to take that same type of chemistry, that vibe, and it's just going to make for a horrible uh, day. So you need to turn that around as a leader.
0: Sure, right, real I... quick on that before I let you go. Stuff you have tournaments with hundreds of people that coming from all over. Things happen, logistics, things go wrong because that's what happens. How do you stay so present, focused, and even? Because I've got to get that medication.
2: Sure. So when a staff member that was a to... joke, Brian. I'm <laughs> not, I'm joking. There's no medication involved. Go ahead. So <clears> when, <throat> a, when a staff has a, a problem um, or I see a situation that happens, um, immediately I will. If I have someone else there, I will just say, hey, can I talk to you in the back for just a minute and compliment them in the beginning on some of the things that they have done well, and then give constructive criticism on what we need to do going forward. As yeah, but staying as,
0: calm, Brian, stay in the moment, though, you're, it's, you're out in front of everyone.
2: Well, that, that might be for a staff when we are um, you know, in the golf shop or around, but when it's out in front of the membership, I think you have to remain calm and cool. Really, when there's a problem like that, if someone does something, or if a member says something, they're really just trying to communicate what they want. The delivery may be might be off. All they're trying to do is get their message. and if I can if I can just use some interpersonal skills and mirror what they said, am I hearing correctly that you're not happy about teeing off on a certain hole? Um, there's nothing I can do about that today, but maybe next time I can be more cognizant of the fact that you don't like to tee off on the far side of the golf course. Can we try and do that next time? And and something to, anything to diffuse the situation, trying to use some different interpersonal skills.
0: Important stuff. Ed, Brian, I in all seriousness, jokes aside, the fact that you uh, failed uh, coaching me and teaching me to improve my bunker play, which is on you, not me. No, that was a joke. It's all on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible, I'm horrible. Um, Brian, I've seen him in a lot of situations, and his personality, his demeanor, his leadership, creates a really positive mood in difficult times. And I also, one more thing, Mary, there's no uh, logical w- way to do this. I promised our good friend Nick Greco that I would—he's the lawyer for our production company—that I'd say his name for no good reason. Also, he's the chairman of what tournament? The McMillan, which is a big tournament. It goes on for several days. And you have to have patience to get through it, which I'm still working on. So Brian, I want to thank you, Brian, for joining us. Mary and I will be right back. Lessons in Leadership right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Back by very popular demand, our good friend, Randy Stoddard, Chief Marketing Officer, Delta Dental, New Jersey Delta Dental, of Connecticut, one of our longtime partners on lessons and leadership, part of our small business series. How are we doing, Randy? Doing great. Uh, enjoying the rainy day. My
3: knee is aching, so I know it's raining.
1: <laughs> I'm down in a bunker, I'm in my basement. I had no idea it was even raining. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're taping this around, around the end of November. we will be seen a little bit later. So hopefully it's not raining the Sunday morning you watch it or wherever you watch it online. Hey, Randy, um, real quick. There's a whole bunch of things we could talk to you about, but one of the things that you've been saying to us just before we get on the air is f- there's what they call COVID fatigue or whatever. Moving on, leadership, moving on, and you just mentioned a New York Times article you read on flourishing. What exactly do we mean by flourishing, and how do you flourish as we tran- continue this transition, Randy? Loaded question, I know.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I do believe that there's uh, a lot of COVID vi- fatigue. I think people want to move on. I think they're tired of hearing about it. It's still there. And I think everybody knows it's still there, but you know, they've learned to live with it. Um, and so, you know, when the New York times best read article, um, of, of last year or year before actually was languishing and describing how we feel, how we, how we think people were feeling during COVID, which is not depressed, but not optimal. Kind of in this middle pocket. And now there's another article that's come out from the Times that talks about languishing to flourish. Flourishing? So how flourishing. So how do you go back to flourishing from languishing and what steps do you take to get there? And, and it's an interesting question because we're still, you know, even with the COVID fatigue, COVID has not gone away. Um, and also the work we haven't flipped the switch and said it's going to be the same as it was working before COVID that's changed forever. So it's still relevant, but the flourishing part is you got a hybrid workplace in most cases, other than retail food manufacturing. And so you still got the remnants of of COVID affecting your life and how do you flourish in that environment?
0: And for small businesses, and again, this series, Small Business Made Possible by our friends at Delta Dental, check out our previous interviews with Dennis Wilson, the CEO, Uh, talking about not only what Delta Dental is doing for small business, but the many challenges that small businesses are facing. Mary, Mary's flourishing every day. Go ahead, Mary.
1: (laughs) I am doing my best, definitely. And one way that we flourish, and we've talked about this a lot, Randy, but I feel like it needs to be said again, giving back to the community. Throughout the pandemic, I know that now we are moving on. We're going into 2023. Why is it so important for organizations and small businesses to give back to the community, especially in these challenging times?
3: Well, you know, I, I think one thing uh, affected by uh, COVID is is uh, company culture and morale and, and actually the feeling of belonging and being a part of something, which I think is one reason why so many people, you know, switch jobs and that sort of thing during COVID. Um, so I think, you know, now uh, Community involvement is a key way to engage your employees and you know for us during the during the pandemic and even now we're doing we were doing virtual volunteer opportunities. Um, We were we were hosting. um, uh, Diversity equity and inclusion. uh, External speakers and also our own internal speakers Um, and we were you know really finding that that was a great way to get our associates to interact in a non-business setting and, and try to make that connection that they were missing. And our DEI stuff that, that we had done, I've just been floored by our council. They had to reinvent themselves during uh, COVID, but we've had, you know, everything from, we do a lot of panels, so we had one just last week with veterans in the company who work here having a panel and talking about their experience with the military um, uh, pre and and post being in the military. And that was really interesting. We had one session on why I wear a turban. That was the title. Um, We had one on, um, you know, um, working um, as an adult with autism. Um, And these are all topics that people, our associates volunteered to put together as a part mm-hmm. of the Diversity Council, and we would get 250 uh, attendees on these events. So, you know, the volunteering and doing things like this, I think, is really a great way for uh, companies to engage with their employees and build morale.
0: And I'm gonna follow up on this. I, we had this conversation with, with Dennis and uh, Tony Russo, the CEO, the president over at Commerce Industry Association. Check out our website, you'll see a past episode. I was asking about leadership. I call it leadership and communication development because, as you know, Randy, I don't separate. You can't be a great leader if you're not a very strong communicator, public communicator, interpersonal communicator. Long-winded way to get to this. For small businesses and for organizations like Delta Dental, how do you promote leadership slash communication development? People actually growing and developing. Is it all, hey, listen, um, it just happens because it often just doesn't happen. Yeah. People don't grow naturally very often. Phrase I use
3: uh, is the the Zoom dehumanization uh, because I do oh, mean, what the Zoom dehumanization of, of our workforce. You know, and I, I I don't no nobody has coined that, so you have to give me credit if that actually <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful, but but basically, I believe that Zoom has dehumanized a lot of our interaction, uh, relying on it hundred percent. You don't you don't pick up on the you know, somebody rolling their eyes or, or uh, leaning over and laughing and all those social cues. And I think those things too are part of development, especially for younger employees and learning how to, you know, interact in meetings in a room. And it's very hard to develop people too. You know, it's, it's a lot different presenting on zoom than it is standing up in a boardroom and presenting to 15 people. And, and, you know, how do you get those experiences and all the, the training and visits with customers and brokers for us, um, you know, those things are all, have all been a challenge, but, but you know, we've worked to, through it um, with, with a lot of our training adopted to being virtual, still giving people the opportunity to develop um, and, and still doing some meetings even where we're standing around. Uh, you know, like a year ago, we're not sitting and we're we're six feet apart, but we're doing a presentation. You know? So yeah. there's ways to do it, right?
0: But Mary, listen. As you listen to Randy talk about this, you and I continue again. March 2023 will be three years into the pandemic. We're taping that since the end of at this at the end of 2022. Mary, are we not still coaching people around there in our leadership development academies and our one-on-one coaching? Are we still not coaching people? to find the camera we on their are. device?
1: Definitely, their eyes are yeah. all
0: over the place. How could that be this far in, Mary?
1: Well, I I really believe it's two reasons. Number one, I don't think people even thought about that, right? Like, So if I'm looking at Randy and he's down on my screen over here, if I'm looking at Steve over there, in a meeting, it's not as important as it should be to look in that camera. It's, it, I say not as important. It hasn't been at as much emphasis being put on that need to look in the camera. And it's not natural. Steve has said it. He said it earlier this week with one of our clients, Steve trained to be on camera. So he trained to look into the blankness of a camera when he was in studio with a little red light. And now we have to train ourselves to look in the little green light that's on our cameras on our computers. But Randy, you know, you were talking about that connection and making that connection. Do you find that having the talk? And I love that expression that you had having to communicate like this. How much harder is it to coach and mentor team members in this virtual or hybrid setting when things do go wrong?
3: Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's it's a lot harder. Where you have to develop people for both in person, yeah, and new, right? And so yeah. every every Good company worlds. right now, I think, you know, in the U.S. anyway, they're they're survive they survive the fall, and they're all thinking about you know putting a a stake in the ground and trying to figure out if they haven't already, what the future is going to look like. Inevitably, it's going to be probably a certain number of days in the office, a certain number of days remote, right? So you got to be able to develop people in both situations. And that may be having a discussion with somebody on one of the days in the office about something that took place on one of the days working remotely, right? Um, Because I find those discussions are harder to have with people on Zoom. You know, giving an annual review, it's a lot harder, you know, on Zoom, that sort of thing. So, you know, I think you've got to, we've got to figure out how to develop in both situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think we've all heard like kids, we say that our kids, they're, they're saying have lost two years of development in school, right? So that implies for employees too, right? Maybe they've lost two years of development in their career in some way or another, depending on what they do, due to this situation.
0: Yeah, and small businesses, uh, again, challenged in certain ways because they may not have the resources, the budget, the ability to do that. But it is no less important in a, in a smaller organization, a small business, to be able to communicate and lead and manage and coach and give feedback and negotiate. Randy, leading a marketing team. He's doing he's leading marketing largely remotely. I mean, think about that. You're trying to connect with clients and build relationships but I would say this because we last thing I'll say on this is it is easier, Randy, when you have we've sat in the conference room at Delta Dental across from each other and spent time together. We the the annual the golf outing that the Delta Dental sponsors raising money for Special Olympics, which is extraordinary because we've been together physically, Mary, in the same space. It's easy to interact with Randy and Dennis and others from Delta Dental. So I'm off my soapbox. Uh, Alvin, do me a favor in the chat. Tell me how much time we have because I know where it says 10, 11 minutes in. What do we have left?
1: Probably about four minutes.
0: Okay. Randy, Mary and I are going to talk about you behind your back when you get off here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Randy, I listen, I can't thank you and Dennis and the team at Delta Dental enough for being our partners, supporting this small business series we've been doing and adding your perspective. Say the, say the expression again. What'd you call it, Randy? The
3: uh, Zoom dehumanization. I love um, that. And, Mary, uh, make sure I know, take that and steal it. Yeah, we're going to copyright and,
1: it. And yes.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Improve it. Come up with a better derivative. No, yeah. I oh, like it. Perfect.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Randy, thank <laughs> you, my friend. Take care. All right. Take care. Nice talking with you guys. You got it. stay with us. We'll be right back. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back, Lessons in Leadership. We've got a couple minutes left. Uh, Elvin Badger, our, exe- our executive director. He's just our director. There's no executive. And Frank Brown, who runs all the audio. Listen, gentlemen, real quick, because we were talking to, um, to Randy about uh, the Zoom, too much Zoom. And, but first of all, before we talk about connecting in person versus Zoom, what is going on? With what you guys are wearing frank what's up
3: well i mean there was some criticism and well not criticism just jokes no.
0: about what elvin had on earlier
3: by some higher ups in the company so i decided My to just join him in solidarity um i didn't bring a hat down but um i did put on a shirt that was similar to what
0: he was being uh, joked about uh to be clear, I was the one who joked, and I said, at what time are you cutting down a Christmas tree out in the forest because you look like <laughs> a lumberjack? But yeah. in what world would you actually have such a shirt? Did you guys go shopping together? No. Great no, minds think alike, Steve. Great minds. We're fashion.
1: And, and, and I am so sad because I have the almost exact same flannel, and if I had known, I would have also walked away, although I was on air, so that would have been very challenging. But yeah, well, I do I, have that same flannel. <laughs>
0: I don't, this is
3: it. Hey, Alvin, yeah, we, real quick. We, we know Steve right. only owns Blue and Blacks. That's it. Yeah, we Nothing figured that her. out earlier. And some gray. Got yeah, some gray. Yet
1: he makes fun of all of us. Yes. I, I don't no, understand I that.
0: Calvin, because we were together in person, does it make it easier to be together by uh, remotely? Yes, and even before that, we were, we were, I, I never met Mary before, um, in person, before we started doing this, but we already had that great bond because I, Mary's a good person, I'm a good person. So we just naturally, that's not where I was going with this. Frank, I was trying to say that because we got together for a nice luncheon with everyone, it makes it easier to be together remotely. Apparently, Elvin had to find a way to say nice things about Mary and himself. Frank, are we yeah. on the
3: same page? We're on the same page. I mean, you know, it, it makes things a little easier. We, you brought us all together after being apart for so long. But no, this is definitely made. This broke the ice throughout the whole company
0: gentlemen, invite me shopping with you so I can make sure I don't get a shirt like that. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. And you better wear it. If we're bright, you better wear it. I Let's take before Christmas. I don't know when it's airing. Mary, find where you can get a shirt like that. Oh, uh, I know where. You do know where? <laughs> yeah. I, know I where. already
1: own it. I'm going to grab it on our next well, break. We have that. to say goodbye.
0: Say goodbye. I'm going to get that shirt. Thank you for joining us, everyone. See you next time. Lessons in Leadership. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, Resourcing the World, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.